This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Josh Brown, it's the end of 2021. This is the final thing you'll be recording, I believe. How are you feeling? Yes. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, Scott. <laughs> I, it feels like my, my brain is still in November. I can't believe it's December 13th at the, at the time of recording this. There is that. There is, the, there is the literal fact that it has been a year of this again. We thought for this uh, final wind-up, this will be going out on the Monday before Christmas. It'll be my last day, but Mr. JB will have, be, will have been gone for a week by then. So maybe he'll be on, you'll be playing a bit of Ori, you'll be playing a little bit of Halo, you'll be playing <laughs> all the things that he hasn't got around to. Fights in tight spaces, he can't get enough. But uh, by the time this goes up in my last day, but we thought for the last uh, wind-up of the year, we would just round up all the different things that have helped us get through lockdown overall. So you can class that as the last 18, 20-ish months, whatever it's been at this point. And we're just going to go back and forward different things that have uh, that have got us through. So I'm going to open things up by talking about discovering Tame Impala. Now, I know that Tame Impala is a big old, <laughs> big old deal. And um, because when I did the, the tweet about him saying like, oh, I'm listening to this dude, um, which is literally looks like you. I just sort of was like, is this is more, more JB in my life. I wish. Um, the Slow Rush album is just a very chill, uh, very relaxing, very just beautiful album. Um, and there was something about the vibes of that, the whole presentation of that thing that just yeah. completely washed over me. And I absolutely just devoured it all year long, most of 2020 and most of 2021. But I know you've been a fan for a while anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about music because music mm. has definitely been the thing that's, I think, allowed us to escape both good and bad things. Exist, year, I was going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, more or less, yeah. <laughs> but um, just like your journey to discover Tame Impala was a joy to um, watch <laughs> unfold. And then I really enjoyed that this was all capped off because we went out for one of our very first kind of um, uh, like get togethers, I suppose, mm. when lockdown restrictions were first mm -hmm. eased. And we were at a pub outside, and uh, I think they were playing the slow rush oh, on over yeah. the speakers, and it was like it was like a bit of fate. It was like a nice little <laughs> nice little rap of on that uh, on that bow. It was uh, couldn't couldn't write it. Someone said no, I know, I forget what song that was, but I remember that um, just being like, a, yeah, that was like a lush little like, is this is this the Truman Show, but like in a good way. I'm just sort of going, <laughs> hey, by the way, we'll just we'll play this theme for the boys. But uh, yeah, so my first thing would be uh, Tame Impala. What's uh, what you what you throwing up? 
Well, I'm just going to throw in music in general, man, because mm-hmm. I think we should like talk about that because the looking forward to the new Music Friday every week that you know Spotify like puts together your release radar and stuff, mm-hmm. just having a constant stream of new music to jump into has been unreal. Specifically this year, it's been it's been all Japanese breakfast, right? Nice. Because I love it when you enjoy something and you can take that enjoyment across different mediums. So this year, Japanese Breakfast dropped a new album, um, Jubilee, mm-hmm. my favorite record of the year. Um, some absolutely unreal tracks in there. I've been like spinning that thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. But that did the thing where it made me branch off into other areas too. So I was listening to the album. Mm-hmm. I read um, Michelle Zona, who is like the, the lead uh, vocalist, you know, the, the, the main person in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a memoir called Crying in H Mart, uh, which is about, you know, kind of her life and her dealing with her mother's death, who um, died uh, by cancer a few mm-hmm. years ago. And then I jumped from that into Sable, obviously, which is soundtrack by Japanese mm-hmm. Breakfast. So if I think of one specific like thing that is defined this year, it's the stuff of Japanese Breakfast because everything that that band's been involved in, I've just eaten up, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Japanese Breakfast for me, my intro point was that song that's on Sable. It's the one that plays when you first leave the the camp near the beginning. Um, yes. I don't know if there's more in that game overall, but I really like what I heard. I need to listen to the rest of it. I haven't really thought that much about actual albums of the year, um, but I am looking over the rest of the things that I'm going to be mentioning for the rest of this show, and it's nearly all music. So we might as well just ostensibly make this a music podcast um, <laughs> for the most part. I went on when the Spotify rap stuff came out, and it it was like, oh, you listened to like, it was like 64,000 minutes of music or something. And I know that wasn't actually that much. Um, I think you had more than me. I think like, um, my wife had more than me. And it's like, I still have music on all day, but it is just that thing um, where I, there's like, I think it was uh, Joe Biden said it, but I, I've actually been thinking this since the beginning of the lockdown stuff that okay. you now have something in common with everyone on the planet. Like if you went anywhere in the world, um, you know, yeah. you could talk to anybody and they've been through this, something similar. And I think that that is a, a weirdly like it's I mean, it's a positive thing to put like a word on it but it is like a, an interesting reality of going through this and then yeah. um, with music i mean something i'll get to in a bit is that like you know like some people have made lockdown music and it's like it's knowing that your favorite artists or like people that you look up to or people that you keep up with are also going through this thing and this is their way of expressing it like obviously we've you know hosted stuff and, and done whatever like streams and uh, news reactions and things across the last 18 odd months um, totally. but there is a weird and a weirdly connecting feeling to like listening to music track the same thing or going, okay, you guys went through this for a few months and you came up with this and I see, I feel this like in a different way than I would have done before listening to it in this particular period. No, I fully agree. You know, I don't want this podcast specifically uh, to be, you know, you know, too much of a downer. I want to mm. try and celebrate the good things of the year. But when mm. I look at the year, like this year for me personally was harder than last year, even mm-hmm. though, you know, we had less lockdowns and stuff. I just, I personally felt more adrift mm-hmm. and more disconnected to, uh, you know, people and mm-hmm. music has been a really good anchor, I guess, in, in lieu of that, in, mm-hmm. in, struggling for that human connectivity and wondering whether you know people are ahead of me whether i'm like stagnating falling behind whether i'm still you know regressing or whatever like music to like you said you know to get those perspectives to get that point of connection from people who have been either releasing uh, lockdown albums or been doing like you know live performances through zoom and stuff Mm -hmm. it just was that nice reminder and was nice and and grounding and has been that one constant thing in a year completely in flux 
that I've had to look forward to every single Friday. Every single Friday, first thing I do, Spotify, New Music Friday, release radar, see what's out, see you know what bands are going and stuff. Do you know what's funny? Until you've said that, I didn't know that was the day that that was on. I just I... thought that was just a thing that existed. Release radar, whenever I go there, there's always new things. Didn't realize it was a Friday. I knew you wouldn't, Scott, because when you mentioned <laughs> earlier about the new Tim and Paula thing releasing uh, a few days ago, I almost said, well, did you not see it on your release radar on no. Music Friday? And I was like, I don't want to, it might sound like a dig if I say that. So <laughs> I just didn't. And I was like, no, you, it's new you to and me I, too. You and I both know that I need a lot of guidance in this life. And I didn't know that that was, <laughs> it was a whole thing I could do. Um, no, the thing is like overall, like, cause I remember, yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, we've, we've talked almost every day this year. We'll talk all the time, most of the time. And so, like, yeah, exactly. Like, if we're not on uh, on Slack order, we're messaging each other anyway. But no, I think that like it is. It is. I mean, we're living through a moment in human history. Like, I think that like I very much had a lot of downswings as well. And I'll I'll go into my next point in a minute because it's definitely from that. Um, but yeah, there is that feeling of like you know you want to like we have an audience. We have like people are going to be checking in. Like you want to try and say something that will help everybody and whatever. But like I've just kind of fallen back on you know you're getting through it. Like it's whatever form that takes is is the best way to be. Like. Yeah. You know, it changes over the year. It has changed over the year. But I think the fact that we are here talking at all is the fact that you are getting through it. Like, and that's more totally than enough. Not. And I think, you know, the, the reason the Japanese Breakfast album in particular, just before we moved up, mm-hmm. b- before we move on, why that resonated so much is that, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of lockdown art. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for a lot of sad boy music, as you probably know. <laughs> One of the things I want to get tell to Tell the people very... what, your, what your favorite genre, what Spotify said your favorite genre was. It was bubble grunge. Bubble grunge. I'm not even entirely sure what that is. And I saw a lot of people just being like, what is bubble grunge? Um, but yeah, um, unlike some of the other stuff I'm going to get to, which is very much in the kind of the darkness of the year and stuff. Like mm-hmm. Jubilee was such a, um, you know, intentionally a joyous record, you know? Mm-hmm. So to have that to go back to, which is, you know, someone who is known for singing about their grief in some of the darkest periods in their life, kind of not putting that to one side, but finding a way forward, finding yeah. a way... Uh, to find happiness, to find a bit of joy, like that sentiment in that album, I was just like, "That's that's exactly what I need." Thank yes. you, Michelle. Oh man, like like LP. I yeah, like I, I'm like a, I think I said this on one of the UBPs. Me, me and me and Jules got a question about something similar, and I I'm just I've always thought this way. I think my grandma first said this when I was a kid, and I think the Queen said this at some point in one of her addresses at you, some point. I can't what? believe you have name dropped Joe Biden and the Queen as like. <laughs> And my grandma. sources so far. We're only, your grandma, your grandma. I'm just I, putting I, her in I, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's no, but just I think, cool um, by default. Yes, well, exactly. His, his stature is already uh, is already established. But um, no, I mean, I like in that regard, I'm always a, a I try to be a glass half full, a, a, you know, light a candle in the darkness kind of person. I just think that like we need to, you know, like, like fundamentally, you, you need like a certain level of light to to move forward. Otherwise, you can't see forward kind of thing. I've always thought a whole bunch of philosophical stuff around that. So um, no, in regards to like you know artists lining up with that, my next pick is actually uh, Miles Kennedy's new album. When Miles Kennedy is the singer of Alderbridge, but he's done a lot of solo stuff. Um, two albums so far um but he's very much um you know his newest album was very lockdown fueled uh where he sort of just sat down has a big resonator guitar which is a very metallic clangy guitar uh, and just did a bunch of like very folksy songs about getting through this stuff and i had a i had like a notable downswing earlier this year where i was just like oh my god how much longer is this going to go on for and just all the things that people think about being in lockdown the realities of it and everything and i was driving to my parents because i hadn't seen them for a while and i uh, was just thinking like oh like i'm gonna i'm gonna go and do this i'm gonna check in with them that's fine but i'm only checking in with them it's i I can check back in in a few weeks it's not normal and everything in the moment felt like 
um, that it wasn't like you weren't it was everything was like an event that you were doing it was sort of like an unlockable it was like well you can do this for a bit and then you'll go and yeah. do something else and nothing felt like it was actually connecting it was just sort of like you are almost a character in a game able to access all these different things but you're you're conscious of it you're aware of it you're aware of these little tasks that you're doing um, and everything is very segmented um, and he has a song on the new album just called Wake Me When It's Over um, and it's literally just, just very much on the nose of let me know when, when things are smooth again um, and it was that thing that I mentioned before of like realizing that like all your favorite artists all the people that you look up to um and the you know you, they're also going through this and he's able to write this song and it's quite a, a like positive like cheery song but the way kennedy writes like he'll do uh, what would be or what is quite on the nose stuff like he has a song called worried mind where it's just like let me ease your worried mind let's talk about this what we're going through and it's just like having seen him live the other week like he he sings his guts out every time and i know that like him as a person is very much you know, he, he wants to put like good vibes out and it's just like, you need to get through it. And, um, you know, he's been through a few other afflictions over the years, like he has tinnitus and he's lived with that and whatever. And it was just that thing of like doing that drive, being on a downswing, listening to him, who I love Miles Kennedy, he's like my favorite vocalist, artist, whatever, singing about the exact thing, the exact energy that I was in where I was like, okay. And I just like, it brought me back in that moment where I was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Everyone's going through this. We're all connected in the same way. Um, and we are getting through it. And, you know, his his version of getting through it is writing this song. Mine is checking in with my parents, like whatever. Um, and so that would be one of mine. Miles Kennedy's new album overall is very solid, but the Wake Me When It's Over um, was was just lush. And then I think he opened the gig with that when I saw him live, which, like you said, it's like Truman Show style of like, well, the <laughs> protagonist will probably like this song, so I'll, I'll put this on. It was great. <laughs> no, I love that, man. Like, yeah, like that exact kind of thing. And I love that, you know, I feel like a lot of us have had those kind of like touch points, whether it's like an artist, whether it's a piece of media that mm. has kind of like snowballed into something else. Like you said, you know, listening to that song in your car, then finally being able to see that song performed live mm. is such a, a, a journey, you know, it's yeah, such, man, a, yeah. such a thing to look forward to then to have pay off further down the line. Like for me, like my big uh, lockdown piece of art, because I didn't want to listen or, or really um, watch anything explicitly about lockdown. Like, you know, when it same. first happened, like last year. Remember when and, we all um, watched Contagion? Remember when that took off oh, last yeah. year? And it was like Contagion did the rounds. And it was like, oh, this is this is literally like a documentary at this point. This yeah. is kind of freaky. Yeah, we're just morbidly watching this stuff. But, you know, obviously, like, there were a bunch of films that were like, we're going to do a, a pandemic movie. We're going to do a do a lockdown movie. And I was like, I don't want to watch any of that. I no, don't watch any I of it. Escape. because you yeah, I want to escape. You're not going to do it right. It's not going to work for me. So <laughs> when one of my favorite artists, uh, Bob Burnham, yes. announced that he was doing a new special that was about being in lockdown, part of me was like, I don't want this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want this right now uh, mm -hmm. because so many people have failed to fully capture what it was like, uh, what it is like, you know, mm -hmm. um, in this kind of, it just doesn't feel true. It doesn't ring true and it's not something I want to watch. So I was a bit hesitant going into that special, which is called Inside and dropped on Netflix like in June or something. Yes. But obviously yeah, I sat down and watched it and I just thought this might be the best thing I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> I have approached Inside both the film and the album like a five-year-old child re-watching Batman and Robin on repeat. <laughs> like this has become such a comfort blanket, mm -hmm. which is kind of strange considering how dark the subject matter actually is in the show. Yeah. Um, but it's just be, it becomes something that I've watched and listened to and related to so much mm -hmm. that that's been my one constant throughout this year, especially in the thing that I've gone back to for again that point of like connectivity because that's captured at least somewhat approximating my experience in a way that nothing else 
has mm. before, well because we, we talked will. about we talked about this when it first came out because i'd not seen <laughs> just me being stupid in my head bo burnham was actually norm mcdonald i thought bo burnham was a large lad or, or a chunkier lad in my right. head, I was like, well, that's Bo Burnham. Over the year, over the last like, 32 years on this earth, for whatever reason, when I thought of Norm Macdonald as a visual, I thought that was Bo Burnham. So when I realized Bo Burnham was not that man and was actually... What makes... a, I, I, I have no idea. I think it's the word Bo. I think because Bo feels like a lovable sort of larger man that I just was like, well, clearly that larger man is Bo Burnham. I have no idea, but whatever reason, um, connected that. Bo Burnham is actually not him at all. And so my first <laughs> Bo Burnham anything was inside. And so the first time I watched that, I like you said, a lot of the subject matter is very dark. He's very much steering into being completely honest about the reality of just how it makes you feel being in lockdown. And it can be, yeah. you know, um, towards suicidal thoughts and things like that. And for me, when I watched that, I was like, oh my God, this is so dark. This is so... Um, like unrelentingly bleak that for me, like I said, being all where's where's the where's the lighter? Where's the candles in this darkness? Can I put these on? It wasn't yeah. my thing. Um, first time, and I messaged you, and I was like, I, you've got to like walk me through this. Like I'm not getting why everyone's loving this, and I think you just sort of spelled out like, look, it's because it's so frank and because it's so honest and because it's acknowledging those thought processes. That's what makes it work. Like you, he totally. has to go that strong, or it wouldn't have that connection. And I kind of went back in after that. I've watched it like four, or five more times since then. Like you said, <laughs> the the songs are an absolute bop um, especially the jeffrey bezos song which there's so many <laughs> versions of that on youtube now um but it was that thing of just kind of going like it, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the reality of what we're going through and i think that's the thing that yeah. he really read like writes, writes large um and i went back in with that sort of adjusted mentality because i was going in going like it's going to be a soul-stirring, uplifting thing because that's what we need right now. Um, which, like, it just was. It's not necessarily that you can find uplifting sentiments in there, but he's very much going for like a no. This is what we're all going through, and it's the the harshest side of it, kind of thing. And I think that's just as essential as anything else. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, totally. I, I, I can fully understand why people would bounce off it. Off, that's mm. not what they want in that point at all. But for me, like I said, you know, there was so much lockdown stuff coming out that didn't really, for me, grab what it was like and grab the or deal with it in a frank and honest mm. manner, or would like try to like you know romanticize it or something. And this wasn't necessarily that. This was like the like I said, the closest I got to looking in a mirror from my year and a bit. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, inside and I, I just thought like yeah like this it's dark it's 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 frank it's honest but it was something I could like live with especially in this year where I felt so adrift to other mm. people in wondering whether they're having a completely different experience um, than me as we move out of lockdown and the kind mm. of the rules become a bit more confusing and it's like well what's going on what's not going on to have this kind of point of like oh okay this is just everything i'm thinking writ large on a screen with some really funny songs uh in, in the mixer i just thought that that was it was the tonic exact tonic that i needed and it's like the only lockdown thing now that i think i'll i'll do because it's it's nailed mm. it in one mm -hmm. and i'm like that's the space i will go to when i want to find some comfort in myself or whatever in that's... my experiences and like it's like that's all i need yeah, man, definitely. That's the thing going forward. It's like, because you, you just know right now there are 50,000 film executives going like, well, we need to do movies about lockdown. It's just sort yeah. of like, whenever a horrible thing happens, we need to get in on that. Like, I don't know about you, but I have zero interest in every single one of them. Like, the nearest that I'll go is, uh, was it Host was the horror one that came out? That might have been last year. Yes, um, Host, but Host yeah, was like. Year. Yeah, it was like, what, what, would a, what, a, what would a Zoom call horror movie be like? And that was like quite innovative and it was quite well done for the budget and stuff. But I largely, if we ever get, I, I don't think there's much of like an end point to put on this. I think it will just be something that we largely live with in regards to, there are already like five coronaviruses out there anyway. It's just that we have to learn yeah. to live with different ways that you tackle the actual literal virality of it. But um, that whole thing of like when things smooth over enough and borders are open and whatever, do you think like where are you at on like exploring this more like let's do lockdown films like i'm like nah, i'm good like I'll, I'm good. I'll go over here now like i'm gonna go I'm, you know go to a zoo or something that's exactly it you know i mean yeah exactly like you said there you know we're doing this as a kind of reflection of the year but we're not saying like you know oh now we're out the other side and everything's good <laughs> again know. you know obviously things are still ongoing you know there are new variants popping up literally right now as we're recording mm -hmm. that we don't know how they're gonna spill out and stuff but yeah just looking at the past year like i don't want any lockdown 
films specifically uh, about it. And um, it's going to be interesting to see like how movies address it. Like, you know, when we mm. get up to new productions, we get sequels and stuff like the, in, in the worlds of those movies, will they have also either gone through or still be in like a pandemic or will they just mm. not address it at all and kind of like just live on into in the fictional universe where like it didn't happen and everything is normal like that's going to be interesting like in spider-man 4 for yes. instance will they reference the fact that this has happened and this is going on or will it just be like no <laughs> well it's because like, we're talking about like in a way that it's like been reflected in art and obviously everyone's going through this and there's a lot of like um you know albums and stuff that's like it's like literally you can go front to back like conceptual conceptualization of an album put it out during lockdown uh games and films obviously take longer i'm sure the forgotten city mentions COVID at one point or mentions lockdown um i've, right. I've heard like a line of dialogue in there um that new movie uh, by adam mckay the uh don't look up or whatever like it was originally yeah. about global warming but now it feels like the most lockdown movie ever in regards to vaccinations and stuff so i kind of feel like some stuff will inadvertently get attached to the to two lockdown mentalities anyway um but yeah i think it's an interesting like line to walk because it feels like something that we're all going through like as individual humans in the real world and that media has like skirted around it like charlie brooker's thing at the end of last year was pretty terrible where it was just trying to bad it was horrendous like just really just nothing i think he decided to take a box it was just like well you know i do one of these wipes every year um charlie brooker being a i guess like english comedian kind of thing and he did a thing for channel four and it was very much very empty um but yeah there is that feeling that we're all going through it and you need to approach it from a very specific angle or what even is there left to explore about it other than we all know how terrible it is yeah. So there's all that stuff. Um, I'm going to mention um, learning a new instrument as my next thing because um, I, right. I love learning instruments. I'm just going to sort of throw down. I learned the shakuhachi this year, which is the uh, the wooden flute that Jin plays in Ghost of Tsushima, which is the only reason that I knew what this thing was um, going into it. Um, very old school, ancient Japanese flute. Um, only really capable of like a hand. Well, you can, you can learn to do a lot more notes on it once you get specific breathing techniques down. But the thing that I love about it is that um, say you pick up a flute today, like a modern day flute. Um, there's a thing called an umbature which is the thing that channels any like blowing of air that you do um, down into the right shape of air so that it produces notes and then umbature will sit on top of a flute when you blow into it and if you get a shakuhachi they don't come with one of them because it's it's before that thing was needed um, so the whole technique is learning to um, shape your lips and shape your mouth and your breathing technique you need to breathe from a diaphragm you can't breathe like from above you need a channel like a core air kind of thing when you exhale um, so doing all that in one motion is very hard and uh, to me a while but when you finally get it down it because you have to breathe so specifically and deeply and almost rhythmically i guess as you produce more notes it forces you into a quite a relaxed mindset um, and you and then the, the notes that you then produce are you know very they can be very soft very relaxing very um uh, tranquil and therapeutic so i just got lost in that thing um, i only got it towards the second half of the year um but i can do sort of like five or six notes on it um which like in the shakuhachi world um from what i understand is a yeah. fairly like middling to big deal because some people talk about not being able to get anything out of it for months i was lucky enough to like i am lucky enough to be able to get a handful of notes out of it and i just love that thing i love just pretending that i'm jin sakai just walking around the house with a little cheeky flute just sort of doing a few toots on the way to making a cup of tea <laughs> It's, it's, it's the best thing. I, I saw you post a few things about it on the, on the old Instagram. <laughs> and I thought, I wish, I, wish, I wish I could have done something like that. You know, I wish I could have mm. uh, tried to learn any instrument because I don't have the patience. I don't have the skill <laughs> for it. But, you know, I love the fact that, you know, in this moment of noise and chaos, mm. you managed to find this nice little uh, bit of quiet tranquility. Yeah, 
Well, the thing yeah. is as well, I mean, I've, I've played guitar for 13, 14 years or something at this point. And um, once you have any instrument down and you have any bank of notes down, you can start transitioning it over. And like, it, it only takes one step. It gets uh, patterns into your mind. It gets melody into your mind. It gets Im improvising on an instrument into your mind. And you can carry that over into other things. Because um, I did spend the time learning, finally learning after 24, four years, whatever it is, uh, Aerith's theme on piano, because I've never yes. been able to actually learn that whole thing. Um, and I put that up on Instagram. It's only the basic version of it, but I was just glad to get that stuff done too. Um, but yeah, just just shout out to instruments. There's this very specific mindset uh, or mentality that comes about when you're just lost in an instrument where you're you're sort of just muscle memorying your way through something. Um, and it fundamentally takes you out of the, the, the maelstrom of getting lost in what's going to happen next, what's going to do, blah, blah, blah. You can get out of that entirely if you're just, just making stuff, just making music. Making well, that's exactly the kind of um, space that I've been chasing mm. since january this year i've been trying to figure out you know <laughs> some way to just turn my brain off and the mm -hmm. best way i've been able to find to do that has been obviously video games that's why mm -hmm. i've played more than ever this year i played more new releases i played more old releases i don't think there's been a week where i haven't touched anything you know it's always mm -hmm. been something because it was the only thing that fully occupied my mind and my body and as a result i kind of fell out of love with telly and films mm -hmm. and i tried to get back into books which was really good that kind of put me in a in a specific mental uh, zone so i've read way more books than i have in like the past 10 years in this year you've you read more I mean? books like, this year than i have in my entire life i'm just <laughs> i'm just yeah every time i see you tweet i'm like well that's way that's one more than i've done in the last 10 years yeah, yeah. um i mean like i i loved books but i could just never fit them in because i was mm. either watching like loads of movies listening that's to lots of songs thing. playing a lot of games and you only have so much bandwidth don't you especially when you have to factor <laughs> in work and socializing and but this year i specifically made time for books but what was great is towards the end of the year i got the spark back for some other things like i started trickling back into movies when we could safely go to cinemas and stuff and mm -hmm. things were coming out more reliably um to rent but uh tv was like the big revelation i got into tv this year scott hilford <laughs> uh, in a way that i never have because i've briefly mentioned it before on these podcasts that tv scares me because i'm slow to watch it and uh -huh. I, don't, I don't trust new things if something doesn't have an ending right, i won't okay. watch it because i don't want to waste my time i've wasted so much time in my life watching things that either finish like peter's out or something yeah yeah, or it just peters out and I like get lost eight seasons in. And I'm like, well, that was my entire time gone. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've wasted that now. But this year, uh, Midnight Mass and Squid Game, obviously, you know, like the biggest thing in the mm -hmm. entire world. Like mm -hmm. they got me back into telly in a big way. And watching Midnight Mass, especially, uh, which I know you've seen. Um, that was yeah, I loved it. just something new, something fresh, <clears throat> something, something entirely that seemed, again, a Truman Show-esque, entirely engineered towards my tastes. Mm -hmm. That got me back into it. And like watching that, I just thought... It finally gave me a bit of post-work joy, which I struggle right. to get sometimes when I log off here and I just kind of feel done and I'll stare at the ceiling for six hours and then go back to work the next day. <laughs> like this was something to look forward to every day that I could put on and be like, right, this is what my brain is fully focused on. I'm not mm. half watching it and worrying about X, Y, Z. Uh, I'm just watching it and I want to know what this big, sexy vampire does next. You know, no, well, actually, like, that's all I need to know. To that point, um, just having like a regular, because I, I miss, uh, this is a separate thing, but I, I miss weekly shows. Like obviously there was the whole Netflix brought about the binge mentality 
and you've got so many shows, so many um, outlets just go, here's everything, here's this entire season, go binge this. And some stuff goes back to a weekly rollout model, but I just, I just so drastically prefer that. I love the conversations that happen from those episodes each week, and I love um, <clears throat> whether it's social media, whether it's like the likes of like Reddit or whatever, or just being able to talk to people about a show. Like I yeah. feel like that's the thing that I goes away entirely when it, when you can just binge it because all of a sudden the conversation is just, well, like, have you got here yet? Okay, no, but I can't talk about this because of the spoilers. Blah, blah, blah. But if you're keeping up with something, you can have those conversations, and I I miss that. Um, to that end, I'll throw in. Uh, I didn't have this written down, but I will throw in AEW. I got back into wrestling this year. Yes, um, yeah. which. At the minute, AEW is on a bit of a weird middle downswing where it's not anywhere near as good as it was like two, three months ago to me. Uh, when I first came back, it was like firing on all cylinders. But that period when I first got back into it, <coughs> oh my God, um, was when we started having, you know, two shows a week to watch again. It's like one two hour show, one uh, 40 minute show and just getting lost in getting back into wrestling for the first time in 20, in literally 20 years. Um, and just like, there's so many cool new moves. There's so many cool new superstars. There's just so many cool things in AEW right now. And obviously the, all the buzz around that company is how much they're taking on WWE and how much yeah. they're siphoning viewers across from WWE. Um, and I, you know, the reason I got out of wrestling was just, just literally growing out of it, I think. Um, and just the way that WWE didn't keep me hooked across the 2000s or the very early 2000s. Um, but AEW knows exactly what it is. And I think the fact that it's helmed by wrestlers and um, it just has that vibe where it's like okay we know we know what you guys want to see uh, we're going to do big crazy stunts we're going to have a man who's called luchasaurus who's an 86 million year old dinosaur man doing a backflip <laughs> off a ramp onto five other men and we're going to have uh, the guy who's actually the vice president or whatever suplex a guy through a burning table just because why not why not do that and so i've had a, an absolute blast getting back into wrestling across the last um like three months or whatever it is now um, and that stuff's been great. And like you said, having something to watch every week, yeah. having a long form storyline, um, it's ticked that box in a way that lots of other big shows just haven't because they've just either all been available at once um, or they haven't been on a certain level of engagement where you don't have those fandoms alongside, um, which like is something that I just I just yearn for. I wish there was a lost. I wish there was a prison break. I wish there was a whatever week to I week. I know what you mean. I feel yeah. like, you know, like a lot Bro, of... Second stuff that just mm. comes out now like feels even when Wheel it's of time not, just dropping just there yeah no yeah one cares. it just sort of feels disposable and it's like mm. oh you don't even get five minutes anymore you just get like uh you know a brief brief window to talk about this stuff to get it hyped mm. and then just go on and we're on to the next thing which yeah i guess <laughs> you know when it comes to like aw especially having that booked in every week and more importantly having the momentum behind the discussion like i don't watch yes. wrestling mm. but obviously by sheer osmosis of working for this company know a lot about it <laughs> Um, you know, it always comes up on my Twitter, for instance, and, mm -hmm. you know, seeing like the big pops for CM Punk returning and stuff like it was an infectious vibe. Yes. Uh, it wasn't enough to get me back in, but I was following it online mm -hmm. and I was like just loving the um, kind of like community response and how just sort of solid that fan base was in embracing this and embracing mm -hmm. like returning fans like you, you know, Scott, like mm -hmm. it just it had a good vibe to it. And that I think a lot of, you know, even like the biggest shows are missing because it kind of comes out and yeah, you've got your subreddits and stuff, but it like dominates the conversation for like two minutes and then that's all you yeah. get. Um, and yeah. the next thing down that I've got, um, which I just wrote down the word animals, which is not the song <laughs> by Architects. Um, it's all, all the song by Nickelback. It's literally animals because I, um, me and my wife went to um, a couple of different zoos this year. I went to one for my birthday. Um, and I, I can't even think of the name of the zoo now, to be honest, but we've been there. And uh, we also do, do a lot of nature walks and stuff. I think being stuck inside so much made me cherish and love nature even more. Like I'm a, this would be the, the craziest weird sentence, but I love water. I love rivers. I love waterfalls. I just love being, I love drinking it. I love being around water. 
We've had this conversation before because I want to know if anyone else is like has this weird fixation. Like, I also love water. Yeah. And I love the idea of swimming. Like, I <laughs> yeah, just swimming, think about it all the so time, good. man. Yeah. And I well, think when we got back into swimming this year as well. But like, I remember when Halo Three added water and they had that they had that tech demo of how it works, and I was like, oh, oh, it's like it's like water that. I used to yeah. play Grand Theft Auto Five to jump in the pools to see how. <laughs> The different severity of wetness, Bo- buoyancy as well. Let me, let me put different objects in fake water and see how they bounce about. But there's nothing better than real water. And um, but yeah, are so we just thirsty. Like are we I think dehydrated? Maybe we're just, maybe just two thirsty boys. Maybe we'll rename this <laughs> next year to two thirsty men. But I think um, yeah, but that's the whole thing. I've got a whole thing about nature. Uh, my wife loves uh, the autumnal period, but loves like trees and stuff. And I love water, so we just get out there and just go stare at stuff and just be a couple of hippies. But um, also part of that is that there are obviously tons of nature walks that intersect with different. Uh, wildlife parks or different parts of those parks that have um like a llama enclosure or a couple of horses or whatever and i just had this thing um capitalized by the fact that we then went to a zoo for my birthday where i was like i I really love animals like i've not that i've never not loved them (laughs) but i've missed them and i realized that when i went back outside again just being i was just i was around a bunch of different there was everything in the zoo there's just little tortoises and there was a giant spiders there was a little stick insect that waved at me when i went past and i was like this is this is incredible and i'm just like you guys don't know what's going on do you like you're always inside this is kind of forever you're locked down but it's nice to see you all and um and we went into like an enclosure with a bunch of kangaroos and it was just it was a very innocent time and i think that um i mentioned before about uh, that feeling that i had before miles kennedy brought me back of everything just being a finite thing that you're accessing before you go back home again or before you know that thing ends and it's not yeah. fun anymore or whatever um, and being consciously aware of that in the moment when I was at the zoo, when I was doing this like nature stuff, I wasn't consciously thinking I am having fun right now. This is fine right now. Everything is OK right now. I was I was just just in the moment. I was just doing the thing. Um, and it was great and enjoyable and quite innocent. And it was a return to innocence in a way that I think that uh, lockdown can sort of rob you of in a way because you're, you're suddenly cynical about everything or you're suddenly aware of everything. Um, and I think that maybe just sometimes you just need to go and go go hang out with a bunch of llamas every now and then. I think you maybe do. That's just I wish I, that's that's if I've lacked anything this year, it's it's a lack <laughs> of llamas in my life. I've seen not a single one, and I'm very disappointed by it. Yeah, well, they've got they've got lovely little tufts of hair. It's uh, kind of like me. It's uh, it's a, it's a very nice time. And uh, yeah, I would just get yourself out. Not you, but I mean, the, well, you as well. But the world, go go go, hang out with some animals. That was uh, that was one of my last things to say. I'm going to do it, man. Uh, I haven't been doing that because, and this is probably my last one as well, just mm-hmm. as we wrap up. I've finally done something this year that you have long requested I do. Oh, and no. This is going to sound weird okay. considering that I do two podcasts a week, but I'm not really into podcasts at mm. all. Oh, and I never, no, I know you're not. I never listen to them. And uh-huh. I'll tell you why. It's not because I have anything against podcasts. Obviously, I really enjoy doing them. It's because when it comes to um, our work, mm. I often avoid similar media so I, I i don't listen to you know gaming podcasts that are similar to mm-hmm. us i don't listen to i don't watch gaming news videos that are similar to us not because Same. of jealousy or anything i just don't want we've already covered it for the most well, part well that's the kind of thing you know yeah. in my spare time i don't want to just be kind of retreading the stuff that we've already talked about i mm-hmm. will obviously watch i love um you know video essays about video games and mm-hmm. stuff but i mean like the content that we do shout out to super bunny hop and joseph anderson yes uh, oh, and Tim yes, Rogers. A whole bunch. Sorry, carry on. Yes, a whole bunch. Uh, no, Caldwell Gervais while we're on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, podcasts especially, like it's just something I never got to because we do so much of it. But this year I was like, right, I'm going to sit down 
like I did with books, I'm going to get into podcasts. And I kind of have. There are two podcasts that I actually listen to, uh, one called You're Wrong About and one called um, You Are Good. And they're nothing Very to do good. with video games, but they're kind of, one's about movies, one's just about general topics. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a joy to finally, 12 years too late, get back into this medium that I know so many people uh, love and that I obviously do as a living. It's just been, it's been a wild, wild it's, been, it's been weird. It's been wild. I feel mm-hmm. long overdue. But uh, it's been it's been a good replacement for when I've been trying and failing to go to the gym to listen well, to the these while I, I'm gone. The thing I love about podcasts, this is the thing is like I've I was always a mass, I still have a massive Giant Bomb fan. Love Jeff Gersman, love those guys. Like obviously they split this year, and the rest of the Giant Bomb crew formed uh, Next Lander, um, for the first time in like only like fifteen years or whatever it was since they formed Giant Bomb. But the thing that I love about podcasts is that it's ostensibly it's a group of people. Like I just love that group feeling. Like I love a group of passionate people talking about stuff. And so like, yeah, give yeah. me give me a bunch of passionate nerds, give me a bunch of passionate anything. If you get a bunch, bunch of people who are passionate about pavements, I'll probably listen to it for like half an hour. I just love <laughs> representations of passion. And so like um, the giant bomb thing that like that, I remember when someone back in the day, back in 2007, 2008 was like, oh, I love just putting this on. Um, and it sounds like I'm hanging with a bunch of friends or whatever it is. And I think that that value is obviously exponentially greater during lockdown. Cause it's just, you can just throw on a podcast and hang out with a bunch of people in this weird half connected way and i remember when ryan davis passed away from giant bomb and everyone like me was devastated because it felt like we lost a friend and i remember that that whole team going through that stuff and just being like we have this connection with all these people that we don't know but obviously you guys know us and you build those connections over time and i think that's that's what i love checking in on you talk about like weekly check-in stuff and i would look forward to and i still look forward to every part like you know different podcasts every week and so that for me is the the um inextric is an inextricable value of podcasts and i've been loving uh, yes. the playwatch list and stuff and um, that a lot of pierce has started putting together with troy baker and mike biffle and uh, Austin will, Wintry. I, that's I the, that's the thing that, that i really day. want one you to day. listen to um, and anybody who's listening to this to be honest because um that pod is just rammed with behind the scenes stories little tidbits the way games come together because you've got Bithel's coding expertise you've got Troy Baker's voice acting expertise you've got Alana's journalistic expertise and you've got Wintery's uh, composer expertise and they just cross over so much just going like did you guys know about this no well go well, let me tell you and they they have so many cool stories um and just fleshing out the reality of making games from those four perspectives um that stuff's been brilliant but yeah um podcast overall it's, it's a good time. Good. And, you know, go back to what you were saying about, you know, it being like a hangout vibe. I feel like that's the thing that we kind of try to do with these podcasts. Is oh, try massively. To have yeah, conversations yeah. Uh, between each other and yeah. hope that people can connect with it and also feel like they're a part of it, even though there's oh. obviously no comment section or anything like that. But that's why I enjoy podcasts now and also why I've always, <laughs> always enjoyed doing these podcasts specifically. That's what I was going to pivot to, to end like doing Mm -hmm. this podcast, doing the Wednesday podcast with Ben Roy, you know, genuinely has been the best work times of the year, hands down. I look forward to these every week. And Mm -hmm. even if some of them are slapped together last minute, it's still a joy (laughs) to have that half an hour or whatever it is to just kind of like chill out with you, chill out with Ben Roy, chill out with Jules sometimes and just kind of have this time to just shoot the stuff and talk about what we want to talk about and hopefully people like it and mm-hmm. hopefully I, I care I, my favorite messages are always when people message us about the podcast it's just it's a nice space i like it i hope everyone else likes it it's good <laughs> is what i'm trying to say I'm trying i to love get you too, too is what i'm gonna say that's what i want that's what i'm saying i love you and i love the people who are listening. <laughs> that's what i was trying to get out no the thing is like uh, you mentioned the giant bomb stuff i very much modeled my hosting style on ryan davis because I, I grew up on him i grew up on um, you know, him going, hello, everybody, it's Tuesday. And like going from there, like there's a there's a rhythmic musical quality to the way that he used to introduce stuff. And I love,
love, love, love the 2000s era of Giant Bomb, the late 2000s. Obviously, they only formed in about 2006, 2007. Um, but they, if you, go, if you want to go back to stuff, every week, every weekly podcast with them was just such a joy. You can always tell, like I said, it's a group of passionate people hanging out. And that was what I always wanted to build with us. And I knew when we um, sort of, we kind of soft rebooted the podcast stuff. We've done it multiple times over the years. Uh, whenever our boss sort of comes in and goes like, how are those numbers doing? Can we change anything? Can we do this? And we have to sort of try and figure something else out. Um, and when that happened the latest time, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this again, then I want to have a slot with Josh every Monday because I want to be able to check in with you and do our thing, whether it's talking about what we're playing or what news is happening or just doing a podcast like this. Um, and I wanted something with Jules and I wanted the main podcast in the middle. Um, and that's the best that we've done. Like this is by far the most like, you know, consistently successful thing that we've managed to do on an audio platform to the point where we were number seven in the UK uh, last I checked on chartable.com uh, for <laughs> podcast downloads, which has been beautiful to see. And like you say, people get in touch and people see us sometimes in person and say that we love the podcast, which is just the most heartwarming thing that we could get. I love that yeah. this is... Uh, managed to pay off in that way so yeah massive love to obviously you mr josh brown and every single person who's listening to this for sticking with us and um, because we're however many years in now um, and however many months in on this new sort of three-pronged attack that we've been doing but it's been doing very well so massive thank you to everybody it is the end of 2021 we'll check back in with you uh 2022 keep an eye on the video channel we've got a whole bunch of stuff scheduled but the next time we talk as me and josh will be in 2022 with whatever games we get for christmas we'll have to wait and see how it all goes uh, for now this has been the last one of 2021 i've been your host scott tilford joined by josh brown i'm gonna finally play a metroid dread play ori and the will of the wisps instead and we'll catch you next time (laughs) goodbye thank you even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.